Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. We're talking first round playoffs tonight. I'm your host and commission, the Denver Desert Dog. Matt Kozlowski joining me tonight. One of the worst playoff rosters I've ever seen from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Playoff participant, Seawolves. I <laughs> would like some respect for what I've earned and gotta say I strongly agree with product that's been put out on the football field this week. Happy to be here. The the good news for you is Kyler Murray's playing the Lions and that's a that's a game that he shines. And he is one of my only two good players that are not injured. So yeah, correct. Yeah, Leonard Fournette also not practiced today. Not not great. You, you can't lose all of your RB ones and good players. That's not how that works. And uh, r- rounding out the triumvirate for tonight, three quarters of the group of death, uh, the winner of the group of death, and first round by Shane Stein from Take Your Bomb Go Home. Right, little respect on my name there. I like it. We're just uh, mulling our way through this season. Typical, uh, typical teabag season, going under the radar. Uh, not putting up a ton of points, but eking out those eighty point wins and. Uh, Got us set up nicely here for a, for a playoff semifinal loss. So great to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm excited to uh, get the show started. No problem. Um, I w- I drew the short straw for trivia tonight. So I do have a question for you guys. I'm looking for eight answers. So DeAndre Hopkins, teabagger, out for the year. At least the regular season with a knee injury. It's a big loss for the squad. Um, he's number five on this list and number one on this list is not really active he's uh, another Arizona Cardinals receiver great Larry Fitzgerald 17,492 receiving yards in his career just an outstanding career by one of Shane's favorite players so they are two members of the active top ten receiving yards leaders in the NFL. Active. Antonio Brown. So Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> won, DeAndre Hopkins five, and Phil Marvin Harrison is not on this list. <laughs> like Troy Brown should be on here. No, uh, give me Antonio Brown. Is it active if you're suspended because you've falsified vaccine documentation? Um, he's active. Yep, he's, he's on this list. He's number third, 12,000. 164 yards. So we're looking for the eight active receiving yards. The 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 other eight in the top ten that aren't Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins. Gotcha. Got it. Well, I gotta believe that Julio Jones is on that list. Julio is second, thirteen thousand two hundred and sixty-five yards. Hmm. Where it gets hard, really separates the men from the boys. Questions like these. It's a tough one for you, Phil. You wouldn't know what a good receiver looked like. So, give <laughs> me Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is not on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Phil embarrasses himself yet again. I had something there. He's, he's 15, 15th right behind Golden Tate. So, active. <laughs> I think I have a couple names. Uh, 
<laughs> I think I have still a couple answers left here. Um, first one that came to mind is Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun He's Jackson. Been playing for like 20 years. Deshaun Jackson is fourth on this list. Started in 2008, so I think he's 14 seasons in, 11,050 yards. Good pull. Uh, has A.J. Green suited up enough, to be honest? That was going to be my next guess, so. Adriel Jeremiah Green is sixth on this list, right behind his Cardinals teammate, DeAndre Hopkins. 10,084 yards, the last of the receiver's with over 10,000 yards. So we need 7, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, this one's close. How many yards did you say Adams has? Adams had 7,772. So it's got to be more than... He was what? Number 15. It's there's, only one, there's only one player on this list that hasn't reached 9,000 yards, and he is 18 yards away. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of the reason for the question. And I feel like it's because he's playing in this game tonight, but I'm not positive when he started in the league. He's at 9,000 yards yet. So I'll say his name anyway, but Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's 13th on this list. He's not. Oh, not yeah. Embarrassed again. <laughs> 8,326 yards. Oh, I just thought of one. <laughs> it can't be. All right, I'll I'll, I'll try. It. How about Tyreek? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> I said I saw. I see the top uh, twenty. He's not there. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, how about um, the greatest tight end of all time, Robert Gronkowski? Rob Gronkowski was the reason for this question. The more difficult answer on the list because he's not a wide receiver. But he is the one at number ten with eight thousand nine hundred and eighty-two yards. Wait, why was the reason for the question that he's not playing tonight? Well, the reason for the question was more DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. But you know, I was told ten minutes before we were going live that I was in charge of trivia. So. <laughs> oh my God! Look at that guy. Holy shit! So we have seven, eight, and nine left. Uh, I gotta put a cap on my embarrassment. Hopkins was five. Green was six. Gronk was ten. And there's so I'm assuming there's no other non wide receivers. I don't think Kelsey has as many yards as Gronk yet. Kelsey's eleventh. He's right behind Gronk. Um, old receivers. Still active. Um. You got anyone, Phil? So two of them, two of them have played their entire careers with one team, and one of them has played with five different teams. Go 
going through the teams right now. Uh, I don't think it's anyone in the AFC North. I don't think it's anyone in the AFC West. AFC South. No. Cooks isn't on this list, I don't think. Mm. So he played for five teams? <laughs> four. Yeah, I think he has four. Cooks, um, is si- Cooks is 16th right behind Devontae yes. Adams. Oh, 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 um, uh, Nicole Pittman. So, do I help? T.Y. Hilton is number seven on this list, 9,537 yards. Two left. So there's one other that's played for the same team. Yep. Near and dear to your heart, my friend. Near and dear to my heart. I say this one hint Shane you're going to know it immediately I don't know if Phil knows this answer so I'm going to ask him Phil do you know of a receiver that's had a thousand yards every single year that he's been in the NFL list 9,151 yards one of the more underrated receivers I believe in the NFL as I say that answer T-Bag season just went down the drain as Keenan Allen leaves with a broken ankle it looks like so God, you got to buy him <laughs> we, could use Mike, we could use Mike Evans right now <laughs> alright one left on this list probably the toughest name um, he's had you know, for a run there, he was playing Super Bowls, I think, in three years straight with three different teams. Three different teams. AFC or NFC? He's currently on the AFC. He is, he is playing in the well he's not he's not starting but he is on a playoff team. I don't got this one. Don't got it. That is Mr. Emmanuel Sanders, eighth on this list. Nine thousand two hundred and twenty five years. I can I cannot believe that. Yeah, I thought that was tough. I would not have guessed that either. No way. Had a couple big years uh, in Denver. Yeah. Forget about those Denver years. Yeah. Who, who, who are the so Steelers, Denver, Bills? Who else has he been with? Niners and Saints. He's trash. <laughs> I 
question. Thanks. Yeah, good question. All right, so the playoffs start this week. Not much to talk about on the Bull Weevils, the Desert Dogs, the Renegades in Park. Both made uh, good runs at it. Nevermore and Team Ice Cream as well. Six of us are on the outside looking in. Congrats to the flock. Record-breaking season. Number one seed uh, for the playoffs. And then congrats as well again to take your ball and go home as the number two seed. Let's start off with uh, the 3-6 matchup. Mixed Mad Dogs against Steel Curtain. Um, interesting situation last week. Micah had a chance to basically decide if he wanted to allow Eddie into the playoffs. Uh, he had a chance to maybe pull Sonny Michelle out of his lineup and take the L and let Fedley get into the playoffs. Uh, knowing that if he won, he'd be then facing the hottest team in the league right now, the Steel Curtain, in the first round of the playoffs. What are you doing? The ESPN website keeps sending me ads. I'm sorry. As I'm clicking around, the fantasy cast stuff. Sorry. Turn that off. Um, I'm trying. So... I don't know if Micah did what I would have done, but I think he did, you know, the honorable thing by, by playing it out. I'd like to know your guys' thoughts. Look, yeah, really? Uh, go ahead, Phil. You play fantasy football to win. People think there's some kind of honor code to this thing. Have you been paying any attention the last few years and have seen some of the stuff that's been attempted or had just gone down? If you had a chance to knock the best team out of the playoffs, Eddie would even tell you himself, do it. There's no reason to let the best team in. Probably best or second best. Him and Jason's roster is very comparable. But you have the opportunity to do it. You're trying to win. Get him out of there. Unfortunately, we're all staring at it now. He's here in the first round of the playoffs. It looks like it's off to a very favorable start already. And his roster is so good that we're going to go through it. There's a lot of tutters there. And the rest of the playoff teams, myself included, are, are very worried about this roster getting him. Yeah, talk about... <laughs> I mean, really, really interesting to say when it comes down to Monday night, he's up by, or he's down by, what, 0.7 or 0.8, whatever it was. Um, Sonny Michelle's still to go. And he basically gets to look and say, who do I want to play next week? Um, <laughs> if I'm looking at, it, it was basically comes down to, do I want to play Eddie or do I want to play Phil? Um, and, and he chose Eddie. Um, I'm going to be starting two players from the waiver wire this week. Two of them. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the rosters, clearly the Steel Curtain has a better roster at this point in time than, than the Seawolves. Um, I, I, I don't know how in-depth he looked at it. Um, I mean, knowing that if he... Obviously, he, playing for the win, got himself 50 bucks. Um, in the long run, I don't know what that means. A little pride. Play the season for free. A lot of reasoning. He probably could have gotten... <laughs> that and more from the rest of the league. 
I think it's only. I think it's only. I think it's only twenty five bucks for winning your division too. But is, it, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. so twenty five. Twenty five bucks. The money, money was an on issue. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the money is really an issue for. We're, none of us are really <laughs> playing. We're not trying to trying to make a living here. Or <laughs> the money's not really a, a factor in in much that we do. Um, but I mean, I, I will say. It kind of reminded me of, I know we watched the challenge, cause I don't know who else watched the challenge. It kind of reminded me of the people who like are like, oh, let, throw me into the gauntlet and, and let me face CT, who for all of you that don't watch is, is the best person on the, on the show and the guy that wins all the challenges. Um, and it's like, and we had, yeah, ask yourself at the end of the show, like, why would they do that? <laughs> like, why, why would you, why would you not pick the weakest person and, and, and face them instead of facing the strongest person? So it's, I mean, it's a tough decision morally, I guess, as, hey, do I want to be the guy that, that sits a player? But we made it very clear earlier in the year that we're allowed to sit players if we think it's going to benefit us in the future. So we made that. It was his rule <laughs> that he <laughs> made. It just happened to be funny that the guy that could have gotten screwed by it was the guy that proposed kind of that rule. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, he had to make that tough decision. He makes a tough decision as far as facing what I think is the best team in the league. And pretty much if you look at it, the guy that's been the best team now for the past few weeks. Um, good luck, everybody else. Good luck, good luck, everyone else. I mean, if he can get the... Maybe he made the decision and was like, hey, week 13 is, or week 15 is going to be my best week. And then he knows that if he wins, he gets to play me next week, which is... Best case scenario for him, he doesn't have to face Jason, and he'll have an easier way to the championship. But still, I think I I would have taken the uh, the Seawolves in round one over over facing the curtain. Could have helped his brother out too. Um, you know, Ty doesn't have a tough matchup with the Seawolves this week, but um, <laughs> he would have played Fegley. Ty would have played Fegley, yeah. Yeah, so would have basically. Uh, put both of them in the semifinals. Um, you know, if you're there's two people in this league that I never questioned their moral compass, and that's Ty, Ty and Mick. Um, yeah. And you know that, that I, I talk, like a that's a shot at the fellow podcasters here. Right? I that's that for sure. <laughs> uh, we, we all are a little grimy. Let's just put it that it. way. Yeah. All um, I I yeah. I mean. It, I don't want to like come off saying like oh like you you definitely like you should have done this like I mean I I get it that's a it's a tough spot it's it's a tough spot as far as like you want to do the right thing as far as competing and winning and, and doing the right thing for who's going to get in but I mean when you literally I mean you had that decision to make um, and like you said against basically the person that kind of set it up to to go against him. Um, there, there is no ethics committee in this. Thing. <laughs> no scoring points with by, hey, I'm gonna do the right thing and try and win my games. Nobody cares. No one cares. That's the reality. The teams that are in the playoffs wish Eddie was not in the playoffs because his team is really, really good, and that's a compliment to him that we don't want you in here because your team is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into the matchups in, in that game. Yeah, hard, hard facts. Um, in this matchup right now, Eddie projected to win 121 to 109 right now. 
So far, Ed hasn't gotten anything from Mike Williams. And uh, the Mad Dogs have gotten a lackluster start from Mahomes and Edwards Hilaire. Didn't see the uh, fullback rushing touchdown in the first drive. You got you, you hate to see it. Um, this is shaping up to be a wild uh, couple weeks here in the NFL as well with all the the COVID issues that we've seen over the last several days. I don't think anyone's yet been affected in this matchup, um, but we did see some positives pop up on the Bears and the Dolphins. Um, some guys uh, that are. Um, you know, maybe maybe in trouble if there's further positive tests on those two teams. I guess let's start off with Ed's team, the favorite in this matchup. Urban Meyer, not much to say there. Um, he will no longer be coaching Jacksonville. He got uh, kicked out of the Jacksonville uh, front office today. Um, See what you did there. Thank you. And I can only think that that means good things for James Robinson. Um, you've seen the Jacksonville players come out and support James Robinson and his skill set. And he used to be a guy that could handle a huge workload. They get Houston this week. I have to imagine <laughs> have to imagine it's twenty plus touches for James Robinson and definitely finds the end zone in this one. What do you guys think? The question just one cutter? Right. 20, 20 plus touches on Saturday, I think, was the uh, yeah. was the proposal. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got to figure this is a huge boost for Robinson. I, I, I'm seeing he didn't practice today, which is uh, a little concerning uh, on a Thursday. Um, was, I guess, limited yesterday, didn't practice today. Um, what are your JAG sources telling you? What are your scouts telling you, Shane? Maybe <laughs> you have the inside track there. No one scours the Jags like like T-Bag um, for, for wide receiver threes. Um, but, I mean, I as long as he's a go, I mean, what can you ask, what more can you ask for? A juicy matchup against the Texans, and I got to believe they what they, they placed the offensive coordinator as the, the temporary coach. Yeah. So that's even better, better sign, I got to feel like. So, yeah, I'm going to, as long as he plays, this is a, this is a 25 touch, two tutter game. For J for Rob, look, they've got a point to make with Urban leaving. It can't get much worse with what we've seen James Robinson so far in the season. It feels like a huge bounce back game, and you could not ask for a better situation, a better matchup. Twenty five touches seems like a lot. I'm going to go slightly under that, but I really like that two-totter number. He's going to have a monster week. Will be a staple in every FanDuel and DraftKings lineup I put out there. Yeah, a lot of good a lot of good things to look at on the curtain side. Josh Jacobs, um, he's been iffy most of the year, but Kenyon Drake out for the season. So Jacobs should get a full workload against a depleted Cleveland team on Saturday. Uh, Chris Godwin has been outstanding the last couple weeks. He has, just pulling up the game logs, he has 25 catches for 248 yards the last two weeks, 32 targets in those two games. He had eight for 140 and a touchdown the last time they played New Orleans. We all know Marshawn Lattimore eats Mike Evans' lunch when they play the Saints, so 
expect another huge game from Godwin. Um, George Kittle's been the best player in football in the last two weeks. I'd imagine that continues. And what can you say about Dalvin Cook? I mean, this team is this team is ready to go this week. This is this is juicy. There is a way to keep this roster out of the playoffs. How do we do that? <laughs> you guys want to add anything to any of those players that I just mentioned? <clears throat> I mean, I got, I got, I got it. I got it on Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has missed three games this season and is still an RB1. Missed three games just because of injuries, and he is that good that he's an RB1. So if he's starting, he is an elite, might be number one running back overall if he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, Madison out this week, looking like I'm pretty sure he's been ruled out actually COVID. Um, Cook's going to have just absolutely feast. Um, this is kind of be careful what you wish for kind of week here um, because I'm pretty sure the curtain are going for, for about 50 plus. Yeah, this could be a, this could be a weekly high score this week even if Mike Williams doesn't catch a ball the rest of the game. Uh, let's move over to the Mad Dog side. Um, Hunter Renfro had a huge game last week. We started Mike Kosicki at tight end. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Guys that wouldn't even sniff the Steel Curtain roster. Um, let's do an over-under on Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel combined. They're projected for a little over 34 points together. I'll make the line 35. Debo and Devontae combined over under 35 points. Well, if the Mad Dogs are to win this one, I would imagine this has to be an over, right? Um, it's got to be like 60. <laughs> um, just looking at the matchups everywhere else, I mean, he's got to, um, obviously, Devontae's got to be having another huge week like he did last week. Um, and, and same with Debo's got to get in the end zone again. And I, and I think Debo does again. So, I'm going to go, it's, it's that time of year, I think, where, where Adams is, is keeping up. He was kind of cool in the beginning of the year, but he, he's getting back into that best wide receiver in football form um, with Rodgers. So three straight weeks with over 100 yards. I think that continues, and I think he gets a tutter. So um, I'm going over the 35. Yeah, it, it, it's over for sure. It's not an unders podcast. Don't even, don't even get me started with, started with any of the unders. Give me over. I think both players should get close to 20, um, so I will say over as well. The big, big one's going to be, he's going to obviously need Mahomes to throw some touchdowns. Going to need Zeke to not be the Zeke that we've seen the last couple weeks. They got a decent matchup against the Giants, but I just have not been impressed with anything I've seen. I think they had Corey Clement out there taking carries to close that game out on Sunday. Um, so... Definitely not uh, not thrilled about a lot of what's going on with the Mad Dogs. I'll take the curtain to roll a forty or fifty point dub this week. Yeah, um, I mean, went into this game thinking that Mick was going to probably have to get roughly forty five to fifty out of the Mahomes Alaire combo. Um, pretty crappy start on that front. Um, we know that. 
that can turn up at any point. He's probably going to need him at home still a layer touchdown pass at some point in this game, I feel like, to, to keep this close. But, multiple. Um, yeah, I, I think this one's this one's curtain and it's not close. Um, probably, probably real big. I, mean, I, don't, I don't see a player on the Curtin's roster that's not going to get at least one cutter in these matchups. Most two. Everyone at least one. Maybe outside of Mike Williams with what we've seen so far, but even that results in a huge Curtin dub. They're moving on to the championship game next week against Jason. Yeah, I don't see a player other than Mike Williams on this team that doesn't go for double digits, so I agree. All right, let's go to the other quarterfinal matchup, Seawolves against Fleetwood franchise. Uh, Eckler, only one playing in this game. Decent start, 5.9 as he's approaching. Uh, three minutes till halftime. Definitely like to see him get in the end zone if you're a Wolves backer. Before we before we get on, is Eckler hurt? Because he wasn't on the field there for that red zone. No. Possession. Uh, yeah, just on it. So they, they were letting him go. Okay. Um, franchise right now projected to win 111 to 100. I don't think there's a lot of uh, COVID issues in this one. Um, I did see Javante Williams did not practice today. That's kind of alarming for the franchise. Um, Allen Robinson on their bench out with COVID, I believe, but you're not playing him ever. Um, He's been out with COVID all year. (laughs) And uh, Daryl Henderson may be activated prior to the game Sunday, but I don't know if you'd be interested in uh, dabbling there just yet. So I think we're kind of looking at what we're looking at with the guys that are in here right now, save a, a Leonard Fournette being ruled out. Got to like uh, a little bit of a boost for Christian Kirk this week with Hopkins being out and, again, having that Detroit Detroit matchup. So uh, Chase Claypool, God damn, this is, this is not a good team, man. It's it's okay. You can say it. If Murray doesn't go for fifty, this one's this yeah, one's over. Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, Murray and Murray and Kirk have to connect on a touchdown, probably a deep one. You, they will. You need they the will. you need the two of them to get to fifty. I think. Um, I don't know. You guys, you guys talk about it. I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm just, I mean, I'm just losing studs left and right. Like Hawkinson, I log in today. It's like, oh yeah, he was he was questionable. Now he he's out the rest of the year, season ending injury. Oh, is it season ending? Yeah. That, so I I drop him, pick up somebody else. It's it's just been what it's what it is for this team. I I had a team that when Thielen and Josh Jacobs were sent to me, I'm like I could maybe find a spot for Thielen. Jacobs would never start. And Jacobs would be one of my best players right now. That that's how bad it's been the last few weeks. There there's nothing I can do. This is what I'm left with, and I can tell you if Fournette doesn't go, like that's it. I I can't even talk myself into thinking I have a chance. It, it's pathetic. I mean, if we just want to compare the sea the Sea Wolves roster, let's just go back. I'm just picking a random week week two. I mean. Murray, Eckler, 
Henry, A.B., Hawkinson, Kareem Hunt, Fournette. Like, Claypool's the worst player on that team. He was in the roster that week. Now he's literally, like, the third best player on that team. Um, it's just, I think we said what could go wrong when we were just dominating in the first few weeks, and everything since then has gone wrong. So that was what, um, everything was the answer. Yeah. Um, just injury depleted. Um, and, and there's just not a whole lot left. With that being said, I'm not going to completely count this team out this week, but I, I do think that the franchise are in a way better spot. Franchise are in a way better spot, but that, I'm telling you, like, I watched that whole game, the the Rams-Cardinals game on Monday, and he's really bad. Kyler Murray's really bad in primetime games, especially against tougher opponents. He doesn't, he doesn't do well for whatever reason in pressurized situations. He's he doesn't really talk. Right? That's a problem. At Detroit in the Sunday one o'clock games. Like this is the, this is the game when everyone sits there and is like, Oh, Kyle Murray's so good. Like he's got no pressure in that game. He, there's literally zero resistance from anything that Detroit does. It, he has to go bonkers. Yeah, it, it sure feels like the the four or five touchdown performance for Murray this week. I mean, obviously we touched on it. The Wolves are going to need that. Um, it, it definitely feels that way. Um, this is a cupcake game, and I feel like he shines in those. Um, I, I think you're spot on. I, I don't know that he's a big game player yet, um, but I feel like he's, when facing inferior opponents, he, he shines. So I, I definitely think Murray's going to put up some numbers here to keep the Wolves uh, – afloat for a while in this one. Alright, let's go over to the franchise. They'll be rocking with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, that combo that they've had um, kind of leading the way all year. Javante Williams, Cordero Patterson. I like I like Patterson's prospects to have a good game this week. Jamar Chase, we'll see. You know, he had the two touchdowns last week, but again, he's really deep ball or bust in my opinion, watching him play. Devontae Parker, I actually like Devontae Parker this week playing against the Jets. Jalen Waddle out for COVID. Um, and he gets Michael Carter back off IR. So, you know, there's still definitely some risk here on the franchise side. I mean, starting a Jets running back, and I said I like Devontae Parker, but that obviously comes with some risk as well. I don't think Carolina will be able to provide much resistance against Buffalo, so you have to like Allen Diggs and Knox, that trio. Um, but let's... First of all, I want to hear what you guys think about my saying I like Devontae Parker this week. And then second, I want to know what you guys think about uh, Cordero Patterson at San Francisco. Yeah, I, I like Parker this week. I mean, obviously, if you can get someone at home against the Jets, that's generally pretty gold. Um, had a pretty solid week last week as far as getting back on track yet. I mean, five targets, for five catches for 62. Um First game back in a while. Um, so, I mean, obviously not a great game, but it, going forward, looking, looking a little better and looking like hey, there, there's something that might be able to build on here at the end of the year. Um, had, a, had a pretty decent start to the year as far as targets, was like the number one guy, uh, and then obviously was out for a while. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to have a decent week here against the Jets. I think uh, – I think Parker might even get one in the end zone here this week. So, 
Um, as far as Cordell Patterson, I've been looking at that one a lot. It was a strange week last week. Um, Mike Davis actually got a, got a bunch of burn. <laughs> um, bunch of burn, especially in the passing game, which I mean, you would expect Patterson to be the more the bigger threat out of the backfield as far as in the passing game, but it was actually Mike Davis last week. Um, Patterson saved his week with a, with a tutter, but um, something interesting, I guess, to watch uh, watch this week, how that shakes out as far as Patterson still going to get those those key five, six catches out of the backfield that he was getting most of the year. You got to like Parker, limited roster against the Jets. Why not? Welcome back, Parker. Uh, Patterson has just been, uh, I mean, he's been an amazing waiver wire acquisition this year. He, he surprised everybody. He, he was on nobody's top 150 list of prospects that you want to draft in fantasy football this season. It was kind of weird with Mike Davis. That feels like a little bit of podcast jinx to me that Mike Davis got some runs. Now we're going to normalize a little bit. Uh, Patterson's going to get back into a groove, back into RB1 status this week. I noticed that Patterson was playing a little more wide receiver last week, um, and I think that's just because that that position's been depleted um, for the Falcons this year, so I did notice that he was lining up outside a little more. It might be why Davis got a little bit more run, but um, I like your Devontae Parker touchdown call. Shane, that's interesting. Yeah. Any consideration of playing Fryermuth at tight end over Dawson Knox? What do you guys think about that? Uh, it's also for me. Um, I mean, you're just trying to solve the, the tight end puzzle there. Knox has been has been pretty decent, and I think this there's going to be more there's going to be more targets there for for Knox. I think so. I think. Uh, I think I, was, I would keep him in there. Steelers are going to make a run to make the playoffs a lot more interesting. I mean, when it comes down to it, they'll miss it. But they're going to make a run kind of like Friar with in that run. But I think it's pretty close. They both get a ton of red zone targets. So that's essentially what you have to decide is who's got a better chance of scoring. Um, oh, my God, Mike Williams. Animal. It is nice to uh, you know, have Allen and think about playing Knox with him because then if he does throw a touchdown to him, you get the, the 12 points uh, plus any yardage. So definitely something I think to consider there and might, might make the edge go towards Knox a little bit. I will take... I've been, on, I've been on this team all year. I'll take the Fleetwood franchise to win this one, but I agree. I do think it's a little closer than we may have uh, led the podcast with. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it, I mean, I think the franchise have a better roster at this point in time. I think if, if the Fools are going to have a chance, we, we touched on it, Murray's going to have to be huge, and you're going to probably need Eckler to uh, to get going here, and, and I, you got to believe you need, like, 20 points from him this week, um, tonight. Um, once again, not on the field for, for this red zone trip, it looks like, so not good news for the Wolves. Obviously, you need your two best players to show up. Um T-Bags said they were going to be searching for a team in this off week that they could beat. We identified the Wolves as that team. Is my bitch. But unfortunately, they're not going to get the Wolves. They're going to get the franchise. The one team that they feel like we lose to just about every time we play them. 
um, next week in the semis. So franchise, franchise by about ten to fifteen. I think it's a little, I think it's a little closer than than you might think. Then who might think? I mean, just looking at the teams, like you would think franchise big, but I think it's a little closer. I don't think I need twenty out of Eckler to keep it close. It's a quarterback league. Look at look at the teams that are in the playoffs. It's a quarterback league. Murray can keep me close, but at the end of the day, I, I do think franchise pull away. Um, yeah, it's a better team. My team's banged up, injured for, for the folks that, that are left and, and not on IR. Give me the franchise. I'm really tired of you complaining about the injuries, Phil, but that's fine. Look, everybody deals with injuries, but when you come as a short stack to the draft, and all of your players get hurt, what are you supposed to do? Let me, look, you, you worked through it with CMC this year. CMC gets kept for a huge dollar amount, but that's not something you can easily overcome. It's just not. Everybody has to deal with injuries. Sometimes you just don't have the depth to, to, to back it up. That, that, that's the reality. Well, I do want to, you know, Shane, you talked about identifying a weaker team here. Uh, that you could play. I it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't give you an opportunity to complain about our waiver uh, wire because I feel like you missed a big opportunity by letting Rashad Penny go to the flock. Yeah, I uh, I looked at it, um, thought about it, wasn't a huge fan of Penny going forward, so I, I decided to let him go. Um, and yeah, I do hate our waiver wire process. So that is facts. Oh, god damn it, Eckler! I, I I'm interested to see how that shakes out because I, I feel like um, last week was kind of an aberration. It was against Houston. Uh, didn't want to take that too much into to heart as far as what he's going to look like going forward. Um, I'm going to hold my horses there a little bit on Rashad Penny being being the RB one from last week. All right, well, that's that's fair. I mean, he's going to get a depleted Rams roster this week, and Alex Collins out today for COVID, so I do like Rashad Penny this week. It won't matter for Jason because he's got the first-round buy, but um, I did think that was kind of sneaky, the way that snuck through there, him getting him. Uh, he put the $40 bid on him, and the next closest was Ty at 27 So... Anything else yeah. you guys want to add? A little shorter podcast with only two games that kind of break down. I don't really feel a need to to dive into the two bye teams or the six uh, scrub teams. So, anything? there was just something we we, we noticed or I noticed that I, I thought of when you guys were talking there about Cordell Patterson. I think I touched on it a couple of weeks ago, but at the end of the year, who is going to be this year's fantasy MVP as far as? value in our league and I think it comes down to two names for me um, they were acquired in different ways and I think it's Patterson or George Kittle what do you what do you say is fantasy MVP a real thing what, what, what is I mean for, for, for our league I mean MVP for our for our league I mean obviously Jonathan Taylor right now is probably the fantasy MVP as far as mm-hmm. the season goes but I mean I think he was also you mean like so great acquisition? Yeah, I mean, the guy that, uh, kind of a league winner. Like, yeah, Jonathan Taylor 
was expected to be very good. Maybe not this good, but he was expected to be good. Someone that you that was acquired that changes the landscape. And I think those are the two guys that I'm looking at that have that have changed the landscape of a team where you got them for basically nothing, and they're one's an RB one, and the other has been the best tight end in the league for the last month and probably the foreseeable future. So the only other name that comes to mind, and uh, I believe ESPN had a post that. Cordell Patterson and my player that I think um, is the fantasy MVP were the two most rostered players on playoff teams. But I would say Cooper Cup is the fantasy MVP this year. I, I think it's between Cup and Jonathan Taylor. I just think okay, Cup. So you guys, you guys weren't expecting either of those really good players to be good this year. That's interesting. Well, I John, Jonathan Taylor was drafted as like a high-end RB2 not by far the RB1 uh, Jonathan Taylor was going in the top six picks before Wentz and Quentin Nelson went out so I, I disagree with that statement um, you think Jonathan Taylor was going in top six of drafts? yes he was, he, no. was, he was going mid to late first round um, no in games yes he was um, until but then when Wentz got hurt and they didn't know if he was going to miss time and Nelson got hurt his draft stock regressed, which was just an incredible value to be able to get those two, uh, him at that that price. But um, to answer Shane's question, I don't think anyone predicted Cooper Cup to have a Megatron like season. I mean, he, he could have, a, he could break the receptions and yards record this year. I know he has an extra game to do so, but I think someone statted out his uh, current stats. If he were to maintain these averages the rest of the year, I think he'd be 147 catches for 1,960 yards or something like that. So, yeah, um, that's fair. If you're talking about, you know, George Kittle was going in the second round, third round of most drafts. Yeah, we all kind of fell asleep on him. And, you know, again, two straight years, Eddie, the last player that's acquired at the trade deadline, is probably the one that's going to end up winning it all for him. You know, Kittle this year, David Montgomery last year. So, yes, I agree um, with that statement. But I think if you had George Kittle all year, you may not be in the playoffs. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, yeah, Patterson's just been, you know, he's been the best waiver wire pickup. I think he's been better than Elijah Mitchell just because he's been active more. Um, but those two guys stand out for me as guys that were picked up on the waiver wire. Yeah. I took Jonathan Taylor in the first round of a best ball draft, Phil. What, what, do you want a cookie for that? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, took him in within what everybody else is because he's middle of the first round. Even though I'm looking at rankings from pre-draft and he was <laughs> 9 and 10. So, I don't know how you get that kind of ranking. I mean, was he going ahead of Kamara? Henry? No. No. Help, help me understand. No, the top four were McCaffrey. So McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Kamara and Henry. Henry. Was going Zeke, Aaron Jones, Barkley, I, Chubb. I would, have, I, I would have taken him over all four of those guys. So, <laughs> so that's just, just me. But Yeah, I mean, now that I've seen what I've seen, I would probably have taken him, like, one overall, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that your uh, your PFF subscription hasn't paid <laughs> no, off for you. I, I mean, I'm just looking at rankings from experts, but we know better. <laughs> I will say, uh, pretty impressive to continue to look at the uh, the flock roster, and they got 
running back one and wide receiver one on their team. Um, it's not often you uh, you can pull that off. It's nice when guys don't just get injured. I'd like to be there one day. All right. Well, that, I think that does it for the, the week fifteen quarterfinal podcast. To summarize, steel curtain roll. Seawolves get rolled. Those are the two matchups that we're uh, we're looking at this week. So, looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. That shakes out. We did announce the the playoff party. Hopefully, it's a good time. Um, I believe most people will have off the following day from Martin Luther King Day, so it should be a <clears throat> nice little. Uh, we can hang out, watch some football, and uh, enjoy the playoffs, and probably crown Eddie for the third straight year. So. Um, thank you both for joining me tonight and good luck to those that are in the playoffs and those that are waiting to play in the playoffs. We will talk to you next week.